Hello everyone and welcome back to the Frog of the Dragon. I'm Bengal Foil. I'm Robert Fling. Hello. How are we doing? And today we're going to kind of take a little bit of a blast into the past today with um, the Magic Online is going to be doing a Modern Horizons Encore draft this week starting on Wednesday the 15th I believe. So mm -hmm. we decided just before that comes out, we'd give you all a little bit of a reminder about what Modern Horizons was about and how you should potentially try draft it and what kind of cards you should look after or look out for, I should say. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, so uh, Mr. Go Gilfoy, what is an Encore draft? So uh, an Encore draft uh, is a draft where, first of all, it's a draft of an old set on Magic Online. And secondly, you get to keep the cards. So unlike flashback drafts, which are phantom, you don't keep them. Encore drafts, you do. So mm -hmm. rare drafting is a thing. Like if you see, you know, the Ren and Six, you might want to take that because that's 50 quid in your pocket. But we'll get to like <laughs> money cards later on because let's be real. We're not all millionaires out here that can just draft whenever we want. Sometimes you might be like, you know what? I'm just going to take this card so that I can draft a second time. Um but, yeah, that's that because uh, Modern Horizon was a quite expensive set, and the draft might actually be indeed boost rather packs, pricey. Yeah, boost packs are going for on average around seven quid, I think, on Goatbot and stuff like that. Usually, you can usually the draft is around you know the price of the packs, so you can expect it to be around 20, 20 quid roughly, probably for the draft. Of mm. course, if you have some packs saved up or anything, you know you can just use the packs, and I think two or three tickets and you'll get in that way either um more on pricing right. from the boys at magic hq at some stage in the week you can check their website when they actually officially release it but expect yeah. it to be around 20 tickets with that in mind though right. let's first of all before we worry about money let's look at the actual draft because the best way to make money in a draft is actually to be good at draft <laughs> so <laughs> yeah let's, we're gonna hit it with you know one of our favorite things removal in draft so rupert how about you just we just go color by color and see what's good all right uh are we doing this in uh Wubak order, we'll do order? Wubak yeah, order yeah. all right so um let's start with white so uh white has quite interesting removal in terms of that it actually has a staple for commander players nowadays uh that would be generous gift um mm -hmm. that's two and a white instant for a um basically kill everything um, and its controller creates a 3-3 green elephant creature token instead of the uh, respective target permanent. Yeah, like this is catch-all. It's uncommon. You're going to see it a bunch. Like I would say definitely. Like if you see this, it's not coming back. You take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's really good. Yeah, really good. Um, something in the vein of a bit more of a weird removal is wing shards, which is double white and mm -hmm. one for an instant, which reads target player sacrifices an attacking creature. Storm. So, wait, 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 wait. Modern yeah. Horizons is a storm set. Modern Horizons. So Modern Horizons is not a storm set. There are only three storm cards in the entire set, and none mm. of them are grape shot. So um mm. they are wing shards, uh Weather the Storm, which is a life gain spell in green, and in blue there's Fluster Storm, which is counter spell unless they pay one storm. So you will not be mm. drafting a storm deck in Modern Horizons. They've just mm -hmm. brought the mechanic back because they like weird stuff. But yeah, um, fair enough. Getting back to wing shards itself, target player sacks an attacking creature storm. So three mana for a sack and attacking creature is kind of eh. 
Storm makes it interesting. It might, it's still, I still don't think it's great, but I do think it is interesting. And again, it is one of the few uncommon pieces of removal in white, so I thought it weren't mm. mentioning it at least. Yeah. Um, I think it, it works way better against worse players because Storm Count, uh, that's being pushed up by your opponent casting stuff before their combat phase. Yes, but also I kind of think it's as well, because there's so little Storm in the format, people probably aren't expecting it as much. And like, yeah, in general, I would imagine the way this spell goes is someone plays something in their first main phase, go to combat, you cast Wing Shards, and you get like a two for one. That's kind of your, mm. that's probably what it's usually going to be. What it's, of course, it's worst case scenario is it only hits one thing, and then best case scenario, you mm. wipe their board. But um, yep. I wouldn't think better. Best case scenario would be uh, like casting it in response to a combat trick or something. Yeah, definitely. That'd be really nice. And there is definitely a, cr a bunch of creature decks in the format, so that's definitely not off the table. Um, mm. The last then notable piece of removal, and this is at common, is Settle Beyond Reality. It's four mm. and a white for a sorcery. Choose one or both. Exile a creature you don't control. Exile mm -hmm. a creature you control, then return to the battlefield under its owner's control. And while this is a little bit expensive at 5 mana, it is very relevant to one of the archetypes in the cube, and that is blue-white flicker. We'll get to the mm -hmm. specifics of that deck in a little bit, but, I mean, there's even just a bunch of good enter-the-battlefield triggers in the set in general, so it mm -hmm. may be worth your while to play it. I really wish mm -hmm. it was instant speed, but even at that, <laughs> hey, we, I guess we can't always ask, get what we ask for. Uh, Especially not in white. So, um... <laughs> Uh, moving on to blue, Rupert. What kind of removal can you expect from blue? Okay, so uh, we got our classic counter spells um, represented by this nice example that being exclude for two in a blue. You counter target creature spell and you draw a card. Mm -hmm. Can't go wrong here. Yeah, it's yeah rather specific, simple. but the car I think the card draw warrants the uh, highest yeah, price tag. Indeed, and like essence scatter sees play the odd time in environments where it's there. Also, I will say. Um, of course, Force of Negation is in this format, but we are strictly talking commons <laughs> and uncommons for this. Um, moving also, on, I don't think Force of Negation is that good in limited. Environment. In limited, uh, yeah, you do lose a lot of tempo. I still think it is very good, but um, yeah. Um, well, it's good, but not that. Yeah, anyways, it that's, is not. Uh... Yeah, it's definitely not as good as it is in constructed, but yeah, I, <laughs> I see what you're getting at. Um, String of Disappearances then is a really mm -hmm. interesting um, take on a. Uh, chain lightning where it's one blue for an instant return a creature to its owner's hand then mm -hmm. that creature's controller can pay double blue if they do they may copy this spell and choose new targets so mm -hmm. this again has the really cheeky use case in the flicker deck where mm -hmm. you might want to return your own creature to your hand um like for example let's say like your opponent like casts like a lightning bolt on your creature you can go String mm -hmm. of Disappearance, your own creature, and pay double blue and then bounce an opponent's thing as well. So it's got a little right. bit of flexibility. It's really cute. Although, generally, you'll probably see it used as one mana bouncer thing. Yeah. And speaking of bounce and the Flicker deck, and um, this is a mainstay in both those kind of things. you got Mana War, a 2 and a blue for a 2-2 two -two Jellyfish that reads, when it enters, return a creature to its owner's hand. Plain and Classic. simple, nice, does the job. Can't complain too yeah. much about it. Mm -hmm. uh, Rupert, how about you get us started on some of the some of what Black brings to the table? 
Um, yeah, actually, quite a variety, like nothing too specific. Um, we got Diabolic Edict, for example, at instant speed target uh, for one of the black target player sacrifice a creature. Uh, we got Defile that works around indestructible with target creature gets minus one, minus one, and to the end of the turn for its swamp to control. Popper all star that card. True, true. Um, we got Mob with con- uh, four and a black convoke destroy target creature so we got three forms of creature removal um we also got quite the neat wrath over here um with crit rats for two and a black you get a one one creature rat uh and for x crit rat deals x damage to each creature and each player spend only black man on x yeah um crit, crit interestingly rats. enough though crit rats also works as player removal and game end. game absolutely yeah. like Turn 10, you know, if it gets real late game, you just go like, yeah, play Crypt Rat, seven mana in. Yeah, um, yeah rock solid. Um, I think, yeah, yeah you're quite the, variety. quite the variety. And again, pauper players are kind of salivating at some of these, like Defile and Crypt Rats, pauper all-stars here. And again, <laughs> Mob and Diabolic Edict being at common as well, like while they're not as good, perhaps, they are definitely still excellent choices. Um mm. Moving on to red, we've got some very classic stuff here. We got Firebolt, which deals two damage to any target and has flashback for five. And Pyrophobia yeah. is a uh, two mana for deal three to target creature. Cowards cannot block this turn. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious actually now. Um, how many cards are of type coward in this set? I, th- I think white has a coward enchantment, like uh, makes it one zero coward or something. Uh, um, yeah, there's one card that. Yeah, um, there's a white <laughs> card in the set that does turn stuff into cowards. Oh, I actually missed that. Um, when, talking about white removal, actually. Um, Replication, yeah. Two mana for an aura, <laughs> lose all abilities, and becomes a zero one one coward. <laughs> Keep that in mind in white. Um, yeah. But yeah, mostly this is just two mana deal three. Um, and then mm-hmm. it has shenanigans for two mana, destroy an artifact with dredge one, which we'll see that dredge is very relevant later on too. Ooh. And just closing it out green doesn't have a whole bunch uh thornado is three mana for an instant that pops a flyer it has cycling for two though which i'm a big fan of, yeah, kind of that, that, that's interesting but otherwise there's, like there's popping less... flyers within speed in green how original how, yeah we're used to that i would say it's more sideboardy and then savage swipe yeah. is really solid um one green for a sorcery target creature you control gets two two until end of turn if its power is two then it bites target creature you don't control. Um, that is really nice. Solid. It's it's for there for one green. Uh, like, it is now. Granted, it needs to have exactly power two, which is a bit annoying. But still, uh, it allows creatures to trade up. And worse comes to worse, it's just a one mana fight spell because they fight regardless. Yeah. Um, moving on then, let's talk about the archetypes themselves. So we yeah, got... sure. So you alluded to white, blue, blink. White, blue, blink. Uh, yes, and I would say that this is probably on the lower end of power of the decks that you can draft, but it is still an archetype mm-hmm. that is there. Um, mm-hmm. A card to keep an eye out at uncommon is Soul Herder, which at the end step you can exile another creature and return it to the battlefield under its own control for three mana. It's a one-one, and whenever a creature is mm-hmm. exiled from the battlefield, you put a counter on Soul Herder. Um, right. To enable Soul Herder even further, Ephemerate is a wonderful common that really pushes the deck. It's a one mana instant speed, uh, exile a creature, then return to the battlefield, and has rebound. So if you cast mm-hmm. it from your hand, exile it when it resolves, and at the beginning of the next upkeep, you can cast it without paying a mana cost. So 
Mm. You can use this in the tricksy way of my opponent casts, you know, a Doomblade on my creature, Ephemerate, Flicker it, and the Doomblade fizzles. Mm. Um, but also it has the extra utility of, for example, with a card like Mana War, you can't, you play Mana War, bounce something, cast Ephemerate, bounce something again, yeah. and then on the rebound, you get the bounce a third time. So mm. very nice. powerful with that. Um, looking at some other really good ETBs, um, you have a regular cohorts, a four mana 2-2 two, two changeling with when it enters, create a 2-2 two, two shapeshifter changeling. So nice. you can, again, flicker this. You know, you're getting more and more tokens. Uh, yep. Watcher of Tomorrow in the same vein has Hideaway. You look at the top four, exile one face down. When he leaves mm-hmm. play, return the exiled card. So mm. you're, it's essentially like a weird, like in a fair game of Magic, this is a delayed draw trigger. But with yep. again with Ephemerate or with a Soul Herder, it's a draw spell. Yeah. And also you're looking Continuous at the top. You're, yeah. Also you're looking at the top four cards, so it's more like an anticipate or an impulse effect. True. True. Yeah. Um, and then a last one, which is a bit more of a weird one. I'm not too sure how. I don't think it's that great, but I thought I'd mention it mm. anyway because it's kind of interesting. Is Vesper Lark a three mana flyer? that has, when it leaves, return a creature card with power one or less from Grave to the Battlefield. I mention it purely mm. because it can get back your Soul Herder, which is really mm. nice. You can also evoke yeah. it for two mana if, you, if you'd like to get it to die immediately. So, yeah. really interesting card. I don't, again, I don't think it's too great, but, you know, Soul Herder's uh-huh. uncommon. Maybe if you drafted two of them, it'll be <laughs> worth playing them. Um, Rupert, moving on, what can we expect from another color pair? Yeah, sure. Uh, let's have a look at white-black changelings, because that one's a very interesting one. Um, because as I said, this um, color combination focuses on shapeshifters. Um, mm-hmm. And this makes it very interesting in combinations with other tribal color combinations, um, other archetypes. because sort of, sort of hijacking other tribal decks for their payoffs. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I don't think you will be strictly playing white-black changelings as such, but rather um, a changeling deck that uh, uses basically the best payoffs you can get for yeah, the other like, Yeah, like it might be white-black changelings and then you splash you know, blue for a couple of ninjas. Yeah, or, or maybe just maybe just a fucking red common sliver, and your deck suddenly yeah. transforms into that into very aggressive yeah. thing. Um, Very interesting. Give, give us a couple examples. What can we expect to see out of in white black, particularly for changelings? So, um, a um, yeah, very easy and nice to draft thing uh, would be Universal Automaton. Uh, that's a one colorless for an out- one one artifact creature with changeling. Nice to support any tribal synergies you can have in the set. Just um, cleans out your curve a little bit if you need some one drops. Easy. Yeah. Changeling outcast is one. Uh, is one black for a one-one changeling that can't be blocked and can't block. Um, Aggro, like you were saying, if you can draft like a cheap yeah. sliver, like there's a sliver in the set, I think that gives other slivers plus two plus one. So changing mm-hmm. outcast now suddenly is a three-one every turn that cannot be blocked. Yeah, that's a clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like this next one here. Yeah, sure. So, um, Valiant Changeling is five and two white for a three-three uh, shapeshifter with double striking changeling. Um, this spell costs one colorless less to cast for each creature type. Uh, one generic, sorry, creature ty- uh, for each creature type among creatures you control. This effect can't reduce the amount of mana this spell costs by more than five. 
So, do I read that correctly? That uh, you got to you got to change Ling out, and you cost us for two white. Yeah. So turn one, you can go universal automaton. Turn two, you valiant changeling for a two mana three three double strike. Yeah. Oh, nice. And once again, once again, slivers are in this set. Like this thing is unlikely to stay at three three. Mm -hmm. I think that card, this card, is really good. <laughs> I don't comment too. Like it's kind of you're scary. gonna see him. Yeah. Um. Something two more like I guess generic cards would be Imposter of the Sixth Pride, which is a two mm -hmm. mana three one changeling, just kind of again more curve filler than anything, and then yep. Venomous Changing, a three mana one three changeling with Death Touch. Um, huh. But if we were to highlight one more actually like really interesting changing, it'd be Grave Shaker, a four mana mm -hmm. two two changing with when it enters, you can return a creature card from your grave to hand. Ooh, value. Very nice, really simple, and again can get back some you know of those high profile threats especially with something like say that valiant changing which is going to be a prime target for removal when you play it true yeah. grave shifter at the next turn and get it back happy out no solid um but let's uh we were mentioning slivers briefly let's kind of talk about that because we've got some interesting ones here sure thing so looking here um kind of again at the common slot you got cleave cleaving sliver a four mana two two mm -hmm. That gives other slivers plus sorry slivers you control plus two plus zero so it does give itself the buff mm -hmm. um simple buff either for other slivers or for changing it's really good um yep. other common and at the uncommon slot i should say we also have uh first slivers chosen a five mana sliver for th that's a three three with ex slivers you control have exalted again mm -hmm. this would fit into the white black shell very well because it itself is just mono white Yep. If you're looking for, um, again, in the Uncommon, you've got a Hollowhead Sliver that lets all your Slivers discard a card and draw a card by tapping them. And then mm. in, in a bit more of the Uncommon and to Rare slots, we have a Lava Belly Sliver. Slivers you control have when they enter, deal one to target player or Planeswalker and you gain a life. Uh, what else mm. have we got in Slivers, Robert? Um, uh, we do got... Um, well, set that said, uh, it's at the Rare... Um, like it's in a rare slot, but still, Cloud Shredder Sliver is just so good. Oh. One one, uh, a one one sliver for a red and a white, and sliver creatures you control have flying and haste. This is just so good. And again, because you're if you're playing the white black sliver deck, like splashing, you're essentially splashing one red for this. Like so, yeah, that would be well worth yeah. it in that deck. Yeah, or again, Definitely just in it with sliver deck. Uh, Spiteful mm -hmm. Sliver is another nice one at rare. Slivers have when it's when this creature is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to a player or planeswalker. So mm -hmm. even when they block, they be hit. <laughs> yeah. um, notable thing to say, like all these slivers are the kind of modern sliver design where it's not symmetrical, which is a bit of a shame. Mm -hmm. I always like yep. the symmetrical sliver design of like all slivers on both sides of the field get this. But no, these are oh, all, no, man. These are no, all man. <laughs> I like to keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, <that's fair>. um, <laughs> In terms of other decks, we got in the format, we've also got a white-green creature fall deck, so sort of cares oh. about creatures entering the battlefield. And mm -hmm. a couple cards that really do kind of care about this will be Bellowing Elk, which has is a 4-mana four 4-2 four that gets indestructible and trample as long as you've had another creature enter this turn. But mm -hmm. the absolute, like, take it if you see it early is Good Fortune Unicorn, a 1, a green, and a white for a 2-2 two two that gets a counter on it when a creature enters. Um, nice neighbor. Oh, sorry. 
Sweet. Sorry, I just I misspoke. Um, put a one one counter on that creature. So when another creature yeah. enters, oh. it gets a one one counter essentially. Yeah. Um, and finally, also saddled rhyme stag gets two, has plus two plus two as long as you another creature entered. This is a two mana two two that theoretically would be a four four by the time it attacks. Mm. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> um, if you want to Sweet. enable this strategy, I would suggest things like mother bear, which is a two mana two two. That has pay mm -hmm. five exile from your grave to create a two two bear, or mm -hmm. recruit the worthy one mana create a one one with buyback for three. Both of these things allow mm -hmm. you to later on in the game create a new creature, potentially enabling a couple more triggers from these creatures, yeah. and and then do it again. You know, being able to push yourself through. Mm -hmm. Rupert, this is probably my favorite oh. tribe mm -hmm. of the of this set. How about you tell us about ninjas? Yeah, <laughs> ninjas. Yeah. Um. Well, Dumb shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, although it seems a bit more balanced in uh, the boundaries of this set. Um, so ninjas all have an, act an activated ability called ninjutsu. And that is you pay the ninjutsu cost uh, and return an unblocked attacker you control to your hand and then replace it with a tapped and attacking ninja uh, for whichever you um, pay the cost for. And those can range from just flat out more damage ninjas to very, very interesting stuff. Uh, an example would be, um, let's see, what do we got here? Uh, Moonblade Shinobi, who ninjutsu's in for two and a, uh, and a blue, um, deals three damage then. Whenever Moonblade Shinobi deals combat damage to, uh, to a player, create a 1-1 one, one blue illusion creature token with flying. And you're very much like putting your opponent in a situation of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like if you're exactly yeah. like if you're in a position where you can attack with multiple creatures and they can't block all of them, you mm. are putting them in a very compromising situation. And I think yeah. one thing that really hurts the opponent is a card like Azra Smoke Shaper. So this is a four mana mm. three three, but it has ninjutsu for one and a black. That's common as well, so expect to see it. So when it mm. enters the battlefield, target creature you control gains indestructible until end of turn. So this has the really nice implicate or like ramification of like you swing in with two creatures, you ninjutsu mm. in the Azra Smoke Shaper, and then you give the creature that did get blocked um, indestructible. So now suddenly, you know, your opponent who tried to maybe tactically block has lost all meaning because you've just made it indestructible and close yeah. out the game essentially with mm. that. Uh, possibly even force them into a bad trade. Mm. Um, to yeah. enable ninja, very dangerous. Very a nice dangerous. card for enabling ninjutsu is Phantom Ninja, a simple three mana two two that can't be blocked. Ouch! And it yeah. itself is a ninja. Um, doesn't have ninjutsu, but it does again enable the ninjutsu. Mm. Um, if you want to be a bit more exotic and maybe you get some, maybe you you see this flash you wear in the pack, you might want to go for it. Fallen Shinobi is 3 and Demir for a 5-4 zombie ninja with ninjutsu mm -hmm. for 2 blue and a black. Mm -hmm. When it deals combat damage to a player, that player exiles the top 2 cards of their library. Until end of turn, you may play those cards without paying their mana cost. Ouch. Oh my Ouch. god. This card is in the Vintage Cube for a reason. It is <laughs> nuts. Like, again, so rare, so you're not going to see it as often, but my god. Connect... Mm -hmm and steal two things like ouch it's a five four as well like even if just getting in the five damage is good if you get like a one drop you're still happy you know mm. 
Um, Ouch. Yeah. Uh, another enabler I would like to highlight is Smoke Shroud. That's an enchantment uh, aura for one on the blue. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus one plus one and has flying. When a ninja enters the battlefield under your control, you may return Smoke Shroud from your graveyard to the battlefield attached to that creature. So you're basically guaranteeing that um, ninjutsu uh, connect trigger. Yeah, exactly. So you're really getting, yeah, like, again, it's that it's a nice thing as well of, like, it's essentially free after the first time you cast it, you know? You're, mm. It's a really nice tempo piece, can help you close out games even just for the flying alone, you know? Yeah. Even if it's not for big ninjutsu purposes, turning something into a flyer is very relevant. And yeah, whenever... I mean, like, I mean, I mean, like an enchantment for one one and uh, plus one plus one flying uh, is already pretty solid. Um, also, remember as well with these ninjas, we're talking about the ninjutsu, but like they have when this deals combat damage. So it's not yep. just the turn you ninjutsu it in. Like if Fallen Shinobi stays on the board and swings, you know, yeah. the next turn, that's still a good a good hit. You know, yep. um, one last ninja I'll point out at Uncommon though is Ingenious Infiltrator. Again, you'll probably see this a lot at Uncommon. Two blue mm. and a black for two three ninjutsu's in for a blue and a black. And whenever a ninja you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So this is your big payoff for playing ninjas as a tribe, not just for the tempo. Because, like, swing mm. in with five creatures, draw five cards. Absolutely. Worst case scenario, it's a two man right. a two three that replaces itself. Great. Yep. I think Ninjas is really solid in this format. And hey, so interesting. Give it a go and Lovely. let us know how it how it actually plays out for you. Yeah. Um what else we got? Okay, so another kind of a weird deck we got here is blue red draw two. So, Although that's a bit more mundane than ninjas, I would argue. A bit more mundane than ninjas, but still very interesting, <laughs> I would say. Um so this archetype yeah, concerns loads of interactions. Yeah. This deck concerns itself with creatures that benefit from you drawing multiple cards a turn or just multiple cards in general. So mm -hmm. one card that kind of exemplifies this is Fist of Flame, which is a two-mana instant. Draw a card. Until end of turn, target creature gains Trample and gets plus one plus zero for each card you've drawn this turn. Worst you know, I, I, still get, I still get my, uh, I'm still getting nightmares from this in combination with Zada. But, um, oh man, this with Zada I, I feel like this is... is degenerate. Uh, <laughs> All the but but it's still very very solid. Like worst case scenario, it's two mana, get plus two plus zero, oh, draw a card. You know, yeah, that ain't yeah. bad. Um, but you know, living the dream of drawing multiple cards a turn, and we'll see. There are some nice enablers for that. You'll have a mm. good time. Um, I kite is quite quite cute. Um, uh, a two mana one two flyer that gets plus two plus zero oh, as long as you've drawn two or more cards this turn. Um, mm. you've also got. Uh, Onerephage, which is a 4-mana 1-2 flyer that gets a 1-1 counter whenever you draw a card. Very reminiscent mm -hmm. of... What is that thing in Commander that creates Octopus? Chasm Skulker. Yes. Uh, very yeah. similar to it, but I would argue better because it has the flying, especially in Draft. Um, yeah. Other than that, then, we've got uh, some... One of the sort of chase cards for the archetype I would really recommend is Thundering mm. Jin. A oh. three blue and a red for a three four flyer that has when it attacks deal damage to any target equal to the number of cards you've drawn this turn. So bare minimum Ooh. five mana three four flyer that deals one. Yeah. But you're in this deck, so hopefully you're doing better <laughs> than that. Um, yeah. um, oh. Another payoff for drawing 
if you've drawn two or more cards this turn is Spinehorn Minotaur, a three mana two three mm. that gets double strike if you've drawn two or more. So a three mana two three double strike, that ain't bad. Yeah, and bad. combine that with like Fists of Flame, you swing in with this Fist of Flame, it gets two O, and oh. then suddenly it's got double strike as well. So this is a four three double striker, you know, mm. real time. And then yeah. in terms of actually getting lots of card draw in. In at once, Bizarre Trade Mage does that quite well. When it, it's a three mana three four flyer, when it enters, draw two cards, then discard three. So while you are going mm. negative on card advantage, you are hopefully enabling a bunch of these good cards with the fact that you're drawing two cards as a you yeah. know, as your upside. Right. Also um, good flop protection, I like that. Yes, um, very nice stats on it too. Like a three mana three four flyer in blue. Yeah, yeah. Really aggressive stats. Mm -hmm. What's our next archetype, Rupert? What can we expect to see? Uh, yeah, so talking about Kaltime archetypes... Uh, oh, no, sorry, right, Ray, we're talking about Modern Horizon. Um, yeah, we got blue-green snow going on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> throwback. Throwback to last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so. Uh, what do we got here? Yeah, like a shit ton of um, snow interaction... Some pretty, pretty strong uh, cards on their own. Um, Just made even better if you can pop the snow off. Yeah, exactly. Um, a nice example, and I th I'm pretty sure it's still a modern staple, uh, Ice Fang Kotal. Mm. Um, a green on a blue for a flying snake, a uh, 1-1 one -one snake, uh, which has death touch as long as you control at least three or other uh, snow permanence, but um, it has flash, and when it enters, you draw a card. So, uh, I would say pretty arguably good. pretty good. Two mana, two mana, one moment flash and flying draws a card. Cool. Obviously, you, want, you yeah. want that death touch, of course, but I mean, you're not overly sad if you're playing it without it. Um, I will sure. say as well, just noteworthy every pack of Modern Horizons will come with a snowland. You will not have snowlands to you know, you won't have a full pool of snowlands, but. You will have one in every pack. The other thing to note here is, unlike Kaldheim, where multiple decks are trying to draft mm. snow, in Modern Horizons, realistically, it's blue-green X for your snow decks. So yeah. there's going to be less people drafting snow in general. So, you know, in my, I've noticed in Kaldheim a lot of the time, like, the basic land, the basic snow land will get picked above a bunch of cards. Like, a bunch of actual cards with text and mana costs. Whereas yep. in Modern Horizons, again, because snow is red, is sort of set aside mostly to blue-green, mm. you might end up getting snowlands later on in the packs. So keep that in mind. But yeah, let's have a look. That. What are some other good snow cards in the set for Cynic? Um, I really like a bomb yeah, tree folk at a two mm -hmm. green blue for a snow creature tree folk with trample. Its power and toughness mm -hmm. is equal to the number of snow permanents you control. And when it enters, tap target creature and opponent controls. It doesn't untap during the next untap step. Oh, again, it's a lot of text. It's a lot of text. And again, the number it's power toughness equal to the number of snow permanents you control. So like worst case scenario, you're playing this as a 1-1. One -one, but ideally, mm. you're not. But um, it is nice that it's not other snow permanents. It's just snow permanents in general. So it does count itself. 
which is quite yeah. good. Um, also, the added trample is just really good. Trample, uh, of course. Like th this thing might potentially get really, really big. Yeah, if you can find then you then you want to get through with that, with that damage. So that trample really helps. Absolutely. Um, also, that Ice Fang Kotal is also a snow creature. So you know, turn oh, yeah, two true, Ice true. Fang, turn yeah. three, turn four. Sorry, Abominable Tree Folk. Great. And if we're talking about curving out, turn five, uh, Blizzard Strix is a five mana snowbird for uh, with flash and flying. Three two. Mm -hmm. That when it enters, if you control another snow permanent, exile a permanent other than the Strix and return to the battlefield under its control owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So mm -hmm. again, kind of flickery, but realistically, I would say it'd be it goes really nicely with Ice Fan Kotal, where you'll probably go Kotal early in the game, and then Blizzard Strix bounce the Kotal, get another card draw. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can't complain about that. What else we got for snow? Yeah. Um, we got Rhine Tender, uh, which acts as either pseudo vigilance or uh, ram, that, because <laughs> it is a one on the green um, for a two-two human druid. Actually, not an elf, but also a snow creature. Uh, tap it, untap another target snow permanent. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's your it's your pseudo Lanwar elf or your pseudo or like Arbor elf. I mean, <laughs> it does the job, or as you said, it can untap your Kotal or your big snow tree folk. Um, mm -hmm. Another snow permanent to consider is Winter's Rest, two mana mm -hmm. for an aura, uh, snow enchantment. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, tap a creature. As long as you control another snow permanent, enchanted creature doesn't untap during the next untaps. Sorry, doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. So. This All right. Is so, a, um, this is yeah, a really, blue blue pacifism, yeah. Blue pacifism. <laughs> it's really interesting. It's designed though, where like you might play this early game just to be like, okay, I need to tap this creature right now, and mm. then a couple turns later, you know, you play another snow creature, and suddenly that creature is in a very precarious position of it's a case of it'll attack and then tap yeah. down, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Last thing then in terms of snow that would be nice to mention is Glacial Revelation. Three mana, look at the top, reveal the top six, put any number of snow permanents from among them into your hand. Put the rest of the card. So Ooh. in a okay. you know, in a forty card deck, looking at six cards is not insignificant. You know? Yeah. Like so Ooh. like like even let's just let's play this game here. Like so you have you draw seven for your opening hand. You cast this turn three, which means you've drawn three extra cards. So there's thirty cards left in your deck. You're mm -hmm. looking at six cards. Six out of 30. Yeah. One in five chance that you find a snow permanent. Sorry, you're looking yeah. at a 50 of your, of your deck, I should say. So, I mean, good odds you find a snow permanent, you know? Mm -hmm. That said, though, um, like looking at this card and considering one of the other archetypes that we will come to later, um, this might actually get, ta uh, might get taken out of your hands. Um, even from non-snow players, because that added bit of put the rest into your graveyard. Very relevant, actually. Yes. Might be uh, very interesting for a certain other archetype. Yeah, tell you what, let's skip right ahead to that. We, there is actually a black-green graveyard deck in the format. And mm -hmm. I have to say, we might as well give an honorable mention to the big man himself, banned in modern <laughs> after six months or so, Hogak Arisen Necropolis. There we go. For those of you that, you know missed it when it came out um, and didn't hear the cries from the people to ban the damn thing. Hogak is 5 and 2 hybrid Golgari for an 8-8 legendary creature avatar. It reads, you cannot spend mana to cast this spell. 
Oh no. Really cool. It has convoke and it has delve. So convoke means mm. you can tap creatures to pay for the mana cost, whereas delve means you can exile stuff from your graveyard to pay for the mana cost. Uh, you may cast Hogak from your graveyard, and it also has mm. trample. So essentially, you're trying to get as much stuff into your grave slash in play as you can, and then you get this big old eight eight trample. Silly card. Now, granted, it is at uncom at rare. Sorry, so you're not going to see it every day, and because it's banned in modern, it is not going to be worth much in terms of money. But mm -hmm. hey, this card is banned in modern for a reason. <laughs> Very Ooh. sick card. Um, in terms of reanimating stuff, we don't have big reanimate spells, but we do have little tiny baby ones, like Unearth. One mana, return a creature with CMC three or less from grave to play, and it has cycling for two, just in case you want that nice. little bit yep. of card draw. Or maybe you just want to fill your grave for Hogak. Um, <laughs> you've also got uh, Excavating Honorid, which is a 5-mana 4-4 four, four Frog Beast. When oh, it enters, small bestie. When it, it's a small bestie. Uh, <laughs> when it enters the battlefield, you can sack a land if you do draw a card. And it also has Threshold. As long as you've got 7 stuff, seven things in your graveyard, it gets 1-1 one, one in Vigilance. So five mana Wait a second. Wait a second. It's a frog that makes you, sacrificing la uh, makes you sacrifice lands. Deja vu. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but this one's not a horror. Um, yeah, fair. <laughs> um, if you're looking for oh, sort of the, the two-color sort of sign to go for this deck, you can look no further than Rot Widow Pack. Two mm -hmm. black and a green for a 2-4 spider with reach. Pay five. Uh, that's three, a green, and a black to exile a creature from your graveyard and create a 1-2 spider with reach. Then each opponent loses one for each spider you control. So you want to creep your opponents out, many spiders, exalt stuff from your grave, have mm. a good time. Also interacts nicely with the changelings in black. It does, yes, actually. Ooh, huh. Disgusting. <laughs> wow. Um, we've also got Ransack the Lab. Look at the top three, put mm. one into the hand, the rest into the graveyard. Kind of like how we were saying with the snow card from earlier on, if you want to Ransack the Lab, you know, mm. that puts three, two cards into your grave plus itself. That's three. That's paying for almost half of a Hogak. Um, and then finally, First Sphere Gargantuan is a six mana, five, four. When it enters, draw a card and lose a life. And it has Unearth for three. So you can pay three mana, return it from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste and you exile it at the next end step. Or if it would leave the battlefield, do it as a sorcery. Yeah. So really yeah. nice. You pay it, you can play it. Like, if you get it into your graveyard early, it's a 3-mana 5-4 with haste that draws you a card. You play it later, mm. you can try and get double value off it by casting it with them. So, uh. rock solid pick. But, um, we skipped an archive, but this is probably what I think would be one of the best in the in the format. Runners probably, like, it's Runners, really aggressive. What does red-black do? So, uh, red-black is goblins, actually. Um, oh and we... Got a weird mixture of your usual aggressive uh, goblin archetype mixed in with some sacrifice shenanigans. Mm -hmm. So, what are you looking at? What are you? What are you pointing to? Yeah, so a good example for that would be Sling Gang Lieutenant. For three and a black, you get a one-one goblin uh, that, when it enters, creates two one-one red goblin creature tokens, and it reads: Sacrifice a goblin. Target player loses one life, and you gain one life. That's just really good. It and, works so well with gobos. Yep, and right. in terms of just getting more goblin tokens, you know, we have some of the flicker shenanigans in the in the set, so you could go for that. 
There is also, mm. again, the changelings, but also there is just flat-out goblin token generation with goblin war party. Four mana for a sorcery. Create, th Choose one. Create three 1-1 one -one goblins or creatures you control get 1-1 one -one in haste until end of turn, and you can mm. entwine it, which means you get both parts of it by paying an extra three. That's real good. Mm. Yeah. Um... Huh. In terms of feeding into the sort of aristocratic side of the goblin deck as well, Book Garden Dragonheart is a very interesting one. The three mana mm -hmm. two two that has sack another creature until end of turn. Book Garden sorry, Book Garden Dragonheart becomes a dragon with base power toughness four four flying and haste. Okay, so uh, that could close out a game. Yeah. Like, also, very very quickly, considering that you can just play it and then swing. Yeah, turn three. Drop it down, sack a cheap goblin, bang. No. Speaking of cheap and go bang, oh. you got goblin champion, one mana <laughs> for a zero one with haste and exalted, which means whenever mm -hmm. a creature you control attacks alone, it gets one one until end of turn. So bare minimum it's a one one, but realistically, you know, you're gonna be using this as a buff for your other goblins later on when it becomes a bit too wimpy to swing on its own. Mm -hmm. If you're looking to find just the right goblin for the time and time of need, you got Goblin Matron at Uncommon. Three mana search for a goblin, put it into your hand, and it comes on a 1-1 one, one body. And, Rupert, this last one's really cool looking. Yeah, sure. Um, Give it to us. Munitions Expert. For Raptors, you get um, a... Yeah, it's just a goblin. A 1-1 one, one goblin with flash. There's a lot of flash going on in this set. Um... When Munitions Expert enters the battlefield, you may have it deal damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to the number of goblins you control. Ah, that's pretty cool. Again, worst case scenario, two mana, one, one, deal one. Yeah. Also love the flavor text. When dealing with goblins, if it isn't nailed down, it's headed to your way. <laughs> <laughs> goblins do What's that in the background? A fucking flying shark? There's a flying shark. There's like a chicken. chicken. There's cannonballs. <laughs> there's a literal cannon flying through the air. <laughs> I would assume the goblin itself is also flying through the air. Um, <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Like this, like if you Neat. showed me this art and put a silver border around it, the art would fit right in. Seamlessly. Seamlessly indeed. Um and then we come to our last archetype of the of the day. We got red green lands in graveyard. Mm hmm So this is a weird archetype that cares. Instead of about playing lands, it's about having the lands somewhere else. So the okay. sort of signpost card for this would be Ruination Writer. It's sorry not Gulgari, it's Gruel for a two two mm -hmm. human berserker. When it dies, you may have a deal damage to any target equal to the number of lands in your graveyard. So again, you could get lands into your graveyard a bunch of different ways, perhaps through some of the Golgari shenanigans, like Ransack the Lab, but mm -hmm. there is also some cards that allow you to sack lands. We saw one of them mm -hmm. actually already in the form of the ex Excavating Honorid, but mm -hmm. another really nice way to do it is with the um, cycling lands that are in the set. At Ooh, Uncommon, yeah. there's a full yeah. cycle of lands that enter tapped, tap for their respective color, and have cycling for their respective colors. So there's a real nice, easy way to get stuff mm. in the bin. That's pretty cool. Um, another really cool card for that is Springbloom Druid, which is a 3-mana 1-1. One, one. When it enters, sack a land. If you do, certain mm. two basics to put them into play tapped. So again, you're getting mm. stuff in the grave, you're getting the ramp, lots and lots of value. Yeah, pretty uh, cool. What else we got in here? What else cares about the graveyard? 
Uh, we got Winding Way, which is a sorcerer. If you want on a green, choose creature or land. Reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all cards of the chosen type revealed this way into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. So you could always go with the I, I choose creature um, and hope for as many lands as possible and then just mi basically mill the lands down. Mm -hmm. Not wrong with that. Pretty um, yeah. In terms of payoffs for this, you got Marasa Behemoth, a 6 mm -hmm. mana 5 5 with trample. So good on its own, but it gets plus 3 plus 3 as long as there is at least one land in your graveyard. That's not mm. a. It, that's far from a high cost to pay. Yeah, absolutely. So, theoretical six mana eight eight trample. That's yeah, that's terrifying. Um, and then you've also got igneous elemental six mana four three that costs two less if there's a land in your graveyard, and it mm -hmm. has when it enters it, you may have a deal two to any creature. Again, huh. this is a fine card in its own. Six mana four three that when it enters paying something that's not bad. Mm. Like. If you're not getting the cost reduction, even if you're not getting the cost reduction, you're kind of like, yeah, this is okay. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, but again, um, a land in the graveyard is a very low cost to pay. At rare, there is also a cycle of lands that put themselves in the bin. They are mm. all um, tap for one of two colors and deal a damage to yourself. And they have pay mm -hmm. one, tap and sack them, draw a card. So um, they're very good, but again, you are dealing with the fact that they are rare rather than uncommon, but they fit mm. really well into this deck. Because unlike the cycling mm. lands, where you have to decide while it's in your hand, the uh, these rare lands, you can play them, and then when they've outlived their usefulness, you can sack them. Mm. Um, let's move on to the oh, last yeah. part about this. So we've given an overview of the archetypes and the removal to be expected in the set. But as we said, it's an encore format, which means it's a draft format that you get to keep the cards at the end of it. So we're going to give yeah. a brief quick shout out to Money Drafting, because as I said earlier, you may want to just pick the rare, pick the mythic, because it's going to mean that you're going to get a second or a third draft out of it. Yeah, like, and there are several rares and mythics that just flat out pay for your draft. Yeah, so the most expensive card in the set and one of the most expensive cards in the game right now is Force of Negation. It is one in double blue for an instant that reads, if it's not your turn you can exile a blue card from your hand rather than pay this card's mana cost. Counter target non-creature spell. If it's countered this way, exile it instead of putting it into the graveyard. So you're getting a theoretical zero mana counter spell. This is your quote-unquote fair force of will and it is 85 yeah. tickets right now. My oh. god. It's a lot. Um, yeah. So, want to hear a funny thing, Ben? Yes. This was actually the first rare I uh, picked up from my first Modern Horizon booster. Yeah, this is why I hate you. Um, <laughs> although I can't say much better because the other um, sort of pricey card to keep an eye out for is Renin mm. Six, a Planeswalker for a red and a green. Comes in on mm. three loyalty. It plus one return a land from grave to your hand. Minus one, deal one to any target, and minus seven, you get an emblem with instants and sorceries in your grave have retrace. Oh boy. Holy hell, this card's great, and I managed to snag one for 20 quid when it came out, but um, Ooh. I've since, I've since <laughs> sold it. But um, it is about 48 tickets on Magic Online, so it'd be well worth your while <laughs> if you see one of these. Yeah. To pick it up and either play it in your legacy deck or sell it off to, you know, draft a few more times. <laughs> in the same vein, Sick. we also have Seasoned Pyromancer, a one and double red for 2 2 human shaman. 
When it enters, mm. discard two cards, then draw two cards. For each non-land discarded this way, create a 1-1 one, one red elemental token. You'd also pay five to exile them from grave to create two 1-1 one, one red elementals. This is played in modern, so that's really good. Hey, yeah. it Pretty you, sweet. Get, you get two cards, you get some tokens, and later on, you can get some more tokens. How sick is that? <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> uh, what else we got, Rupert, in the money slot? So those three cards will cover your draft flat out. The next three cards, mm-hmm. the next card, all these next cards won't cover the cost of it, but are still nice bit of money that where you might be like, you know what, might take it over the common. Yeah. What we um, well, uh, as you called them out earlier, the uh, rare land cycle that uh, sacrificed themselves. Um, we got Sunbeck Canyon for currently 14 ticks. Surprisingly, um, the Boros one is very expensive. Why, though? I don't know. Like, it, it's good, but why Boros? I don't know. I guess it's a Boros land that enters untapped that gives you inherent advantage. Like, it gives you card draw and a color that wants yeah. it more. Yeah, um, possibly. The other ones, <laughs> like, the next most expensive of that land cycle is the Is It one, which is six quid but anyway that's not even half like yeah um, okay yeah i don't i don't get it but anyway um good lands what's this uh we're talking about prismatic vista aren't we mm-hmm. yeah so um basically Better a very lands. very good uh basic land fetch land yeah um because you can search for any basic you still do the uh, usual fetchland stuff by cracking it and paying one life, but um, yeah, as you said, it's basically a better evolving wilds because the, the land enters untapped. Can't complain. And um, continuing with the force of negation cycle, we have force of vigor, which is mm. for nine quid, two, and a double green. It's an instant that if it's not your turn, exile a green card from your hand rather than paying the mana cost. Destroy up to two mm. artifacts and or enchantments. So, really nice way of getting someone by surprise and just cutting out the artifact slash enchantment shenanigans. Yeah. Um, we alluded to this card as well earlier on, a card that is absolutely gorgeous in terms of just stopping people casting spells. We got Flusterstorm. <laughs> Counter an instant or sorcery unless its controller pays one. Storm. Cards rock solid. What do you want me to say about it? It pays for half your draft. Take it. This is just a great yeah. card in the draft anyway. Like so, you know, yeah. you would if you see the fluster storm, you're probably taking it anyway. <laughs> you, I don't need to tell you that's money. I need to tell you that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really sick art too. I like the face of this dude's pulling. <laughs> he's real concentrating. <laughs> he's concentrating on the puddle he's making. He doesn't realize there's a tornado about to hit him. Um, <laughs> Speaking of blue cards, hey, they love costing money. Urza, Lord High Artificer, is 7 quid. Ah. A 2 and double blue, a 1-4 human artificer, legendary creature. When it enters, create a 0-0 zero, zero construct with it gets 1-1 yeah. one, one for each artifact you control. Tap on, untapped... Mike, this, uh... Sorry, go on. No, no, continue, uh, it has continue. Tap an untapped artifact you control, add a blue. So all those 0-mana artifacts you got are now mock sapphires. And it has pay five mana, shuffle your deck, exile the top card. Until end of turn, you may pay it without paying its mana cost. Oh dear God, it's the mana generator. It's a, it, yeah, yeah, the self-sustaining model. It's mana generation and it's a payoff all in one card. This card's bonkers. I wonder why it's played in command a lot. Played in CDH even, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> rounding out like the sort of top 
most expensive card in the set. You got Giver of Runes, one white for a one-two core cleric. Tap mm. it, another target creature you control gains protection from colorless or from the color of your choice until end of turn. So this is a really weird take on Mother of Runes where she's yeah. got an inherent advantage over Mother of Runes and a disadvantage. So Mother yeah. of Runes gives any creature protection from a color of your choice. So Mother of Runes oh. can protect herself. Whereas Giver of Runes, while they cannot protect themselves, they do give protection from colorless. So for example, if you want to block a big Eldrazi, for example, you can go Giver of Runes, my 1-1 one, one blocks your Kozilek. But yeah. it does have the disadvantage of it can't help itself. Yeah. So that is our sort of overview of Modern Horizons. We've got archetypes, we've got money cards, and we've got lots and lots of removal to consider. But yeah. before we sign off for the week, Rupert, let's talk about our card of the week. Sure thing. So uh, for this week's card, we picked not one, but rather five cards that uh, fit into a very, very distinct cycle. And that is the familiar cycle. Yes, this is from Plane Shift way back in like nine, like 2001 or something. Mm -hmm. And the cycle, I think the easiest one, well, the best thing to do is read one and then we'll, the others are basically analogous to it. So, exactly. Um, Sunscape Familiar is one and a white for a zero three with green spells and blue spells you could play cost one less to cast and it is a wall. So, yeah. all of the cards in this cycle have our one color and then give a discount on two other colors. Mm -hmm. So it really rewards tricolor play. And if you are in a cube that really wants to push three colors, or alternatively, you want your players to fight over the cost reducers, for example, if you've got mm -hmm. like a white green deck and a white blue deck, both of those decks want this card. Um, mm -hmm. To just kind of give a rough idea of the rest of the cycle, the blue one in the cycle is a two mana one one with flying that discounts white and black. The black one is Nightscape Familiar. It's two mana, one, one. It can regenerate for two mana and makes blue-red mm -hmm. spells cost less. Thunderscape has First Strike, and it's a one, one that makes black and green cost less. And then Thornscape is the green one in the cycle. It's a two, one that gives red and white spells cost one less. So in addition to the reduction, they also have, uh, well, color pie color specific color specific yeah. high toughness for the white flying for blue regenerate in black mm. first strike in red and aggressive stats in green so yeah. all of these have their own little place here and maybe you want to play all of them maybe you only want to play some of them but it is a really neat cycle and to be honest it i think as well they get overshadowed by the fact that i think the ones you see the most often is nightscape familiar in particular in commander and cube and mm. Sunscape Familiar in Pauper, thanks to the sort of Jeskai combo decks that sometimes play it. So mm. it's a really interesting cycle. And just remember that there actually is a full cycle. These three ones here often aren't seen very much at all, whereas these <laughs> other first two are, I guess because these are the ones that discount blue spells. But still, the <laughs> other ones might be worth playing. Give them a go. Let us know how the cycle works for you. And again, yeah. I like the fact that it can either be used to enforce uh, three-color play, or can be used mm -hmm. to sort of cause a fight between the blue-white player and the blue-black player. Exactly. Very interesting. Indeed. Any other thoughts, yeah. Rupert, before we sign off for the evening? Mm, not really, no. I One. think uh, we're good to go. <laughs> Indeed. 
Well, as usual, everyone, if you want to find the podcast, it's on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much everywhere you want to listen to podcasts, you can probably find the Frog and the Dragon there. Otherwise, you can catch us on Discord. We're usually in the QB Discords. Check out QCobra and Cockatrice's Discord. Other than that, mm-hmm. we're on Patreon at the Frog and the Dragon. We stream on Twitch. Uh, we do the show live usually every weekend, and then sometimes I just do random video game streams because I want to talk to someone while I play video games. <laughs> you can find that on The Frog Dragon on twitch.tv slash The Frog Dragon. But with that, I've been Foyle. I've been Rupert Fling. Thank you very much for listening, and good luck with your Modern Horizons draft. <laughs>